When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. March 11. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From Voices you hear at the Wisconsin State Fair, and we're talking about one of the programs also recognized during the Wisconsin State Fair. How are you, everybody? It's a Tuesday morning, and I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Welcome in. I'm also going to welcome some sunshine today. You are probably going to be along with me. Looks like it's a mild Tuesday with daytime highs today in the mid-40s. Now, we will have a light wind, but it still should be a pretty decent morning. By the afternoon, clouds start to roll in. Tonight, cloudy skies with some scattered rain and snow showers possible. Overnight lows down to 33. For tomorrow, cloudy skies with another chance of rain or snow showers in the morning. 48 are expected high tomorrow. Thursday, cooling back to 35. Friday, 34. Saturday, sunshine and back up to 38 degrees. We'll talk more about this developing weather system with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist. He's up in about 15 minutes. Seriously, though, we are kind of focused toward the Wisconsin State Fair. Tomorrow's the deadline for applications for the Century and Sesquicentennial Farm and Home Recognition. Now, in case you haven't found it already, we do have an application available on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. You can download it there. Uh, this morning, Charity Seebecker's talking with Jill Albaness from the Wisconsin State Fair about why the recognition of those century and sesquicentennial farms and homes is such an important part of the Wisconsin State Fair. Also, cybersecurity getting to be more and more a part of operating farms and agribusinesses these days. Stephanie Hoff had a chance to catch up with an FBI agent that makes his business to try to protect those agriculture operations from cyber stalkers. A lot of different things we're going to cover on a Tuesday. Do stick around. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is the direction that the world is going. I know our customers really have to look at the bottom dollar. This needs to financially make sense, but this is one of those rare things that really it's not just nice for your wallet, but it's also nice for the planet and for the earth. And uh, it's pretty fun to be part of it. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. For the very first time, a Wisconsin beef producer has been recognized as a regional winner of the National Environmental Stewardship Award through the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. I'm Pam Yonke from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, where I had a chance to visit with Jerry Huth. Huth pulled Herefords and SNH Livestock Enterprises LLC out of Oakfield, was one of seven regional winners for the Environmental Stewardship Award program, recognized during the Cattle Industry Convention and National Cattlemen's Beef Association trade show in New Orleans. Don Schiefelbein, the president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, said those regional winners represent the cattle industry's commitment to environmental stewardship. They started it back in 1991, and like I said, for the very first time, a Wisconsin operation has been recognized. I had a chance to visit with Jerry Huth, who along with his son Josh, are the partners that are making it happen at Huth Pold Herefords and SNH Livestock Enterprises. 
I started out asking Jerry just to explain the operation and his environmental stewardship philosophy. Well, first of all, Herefords uh, started as a 4-H project that went amok. And uh, uh, as a young kid, my dad got me involved in 4-H. Uh, actually, we started out with uh, a, a fellow, an Angus producer, owed my father some money. Uh, and uh, he, I, so he took three Angus heifers. Uh, I decided to try to rope one to halter break it. Mm. Uh, shortly thereafter, I got into the Hereford business. <laughs> uh, the docility, the fertility, the ease of handling, uh, all leads to, to, to me to the Hereford breed. Uh, they're, they're a tremendous operation, uh, cattle that I work with. Uh, just uh, enjoy uh, working with Herefords. Sure. It's now, always been Herefords. Yeah. Now tell me how the farm, tell me about the farm. You've got a slightly, you've got two different enterprises. Tell me a little bit about how it's been developing. Yes, uh, there is two operations on the, on this one farm. Hoothpole Herefords, which is a registered seed stock operation running Hereford cattle. Then there's S&H Livestock, Sharf and Hooth Livestock which uh, is a commercial base operation. It's a two breed rotational between Hereford and Angus. Mm. Uh, that's basically Josh Scharf's uh, baby, uh, but uh, I'm a partner in that also. How many acres, how many head total, Jerry? We have, uh, we, between what we own and what we rent, we rent about 800 acres, but uh, we run a 150 cow calf operation. Okay, all right. Now you've been recognized as one of the best in the nation by the National Cattlemen's Beef Association as an environmental steward. People think that it's something you just did when you get that kind of award, but you've been kind of committed to this way of raising livestock and managing the land for a long time. Absolutely, we've been rotationally grazing since the 1980s. Uh, we've seen the benefit both economically uh, and environmentally since then, uh, just a tremendous way to raise, raise uh, uh, cattle on a, on a cow-calf operation. Uh, it, uh, something is in the back of our mind is that, you know, I am so blessed that the Lord let me, gave me the opportunity to manage a little bit of his creation for such a short period of time. And I wanted to, it's my responsibility to do the best job I can do it. And it's always in the back of our mind is, hey, how can we do this better? And is it just about rotational grazing, or are you doing other things that people may not notice driving by? Oh, sure, we're doing quite a bit of stuff around there. Uh, our fields are minimum tilled. Uh, we have, my two sons are very active in, in, in wildlife and habitat restoration. Mm. Uh, they're big hunters. If it was up to my one son, Michael, our whole farm would be a food <laughs> plot. But uh, uh, yeah, we do a number of different things environmentally. How did it feel to be singled out as one of the seven best in the nation down in New Orleans? Well, first of all, I don't think of myself as being one of the seven best. I, I think we're very typical of the normal beef producer. Uh, if, you know, all of, if you do not, it's quickly learned by most cattlemen that if you do not take care of the land, the land's not going to take care of you. And that's uh, the underlying score of all these people here that are at the cattlemen today, and that's how what we do too. So we're, I'm just a typical old beef producer. You know, one thing that I really was uh, that I really like to see is how the Hooth operation filled the stage in uh, Nola with all of the family and partners that are part of the Hereford operation. Tell me a little bit 
about how you're planning for the future. And I'm not just talking about how you manage the land. Well, that's good. Well, first of all, let's talk about a little bit how I did the past is when you looked at the, the deal. Uh, they, uh, a couple that came along with me was Chuck Schomburg and his wife, Denise. Chuck has been working for me part-time for 40 years. Uh, and before that, his father was working for me. And before that, his little brother was working for me. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, we've had uh, employee retention forever. Uh, Josh Scharf uh, came on, on board as a contemporary of my boys. Uh, my two sons and Josh are great friends. Uh, stood up in each other's weddings and all that. And uh, Mike is, uh, my son is uh, godfather to, uh, to oh. Josh's uh, oldest daughter. So Josh started working for me. Uh, he likes the, likes the land, uh, likes the cattle. Uh, and in order to retain Josh is that I had to work him into a ownership position on the personal property on our, on our operation. So thus we started that uh, commercial cow-calf operation wow. between SNH Livestock and, which is Sharf and Hooth. How does that feel to have somebody that's got that passion for the industry kind of come to you, Jerry, instead of you having to pursue them? That felt fantastic yeah. because, uh, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Josh, I don't know if I'd be in business anymore, but uh, uh, Josh enables me to keep on going in this business. I still have a passion for it, a fire for it. But I don't want to get out and do all the work anymore. Yeah. And, that's, uh, that, and Josh you know, kicks in and gets that job done. Yep. You know, the other thing that I know you'll take pride in, just as a casual observer, boy, there are a lot of people in Wisconsin that like Hereford. Do you, have you noticed that? Oh, no. The Hereford breed is very predominant in, the, in, the, yeah. in, 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 in Wisconsin. Uh, the Wisconsin Hereford Association is the largest breed association in the state. They have well over 100 members. Uh, this year, Wisconsin is hosting the uh, Junior National in mm -hmm. July, coming to Madison, uh, where, where there will be over 1,500 head of cattle and 700 exhibitors. Uh, it's, uh, uh, and again, it goes back to what fits well in Wisconsin agriculture, and it's a Hereford, it's a Hereford cow. Now, that Hereford, though, has changed quite a little bit. I remember when I had ag classes in high school, you saw a picture of what a Hereford looked like back in, let's say, the 60s versus today. That breed has evolved quite a little bit. Oh, the breed is constantly changing, and uh, uh, we've weeded out a lot of the genetics that we didn't desire and, and, are, and, are, and are propagating the ones that are making us some money. Do you like how they're trying to segregate the breed in the grocery store, too? with certified Hereford beef. Well, there's, everyone's trying to make their little yeah. brand. You know, you got the certified Angus beef that was running plants, but now we've got the certified Hereford beef, which is probably the largest uh, uh, branded beef program on, on the move. And uh, we're producing a quality product and trying to get it through to the consumer. Well, Jerry, congratulations. You represented not only Wisconsin, but the beef industry very well. Well, thank you very much, Pam. And it's always a pleasure to be interviewed by Pam Yankee, the fabulous <laughs> farm babe. Having a little giggle with Jerry Huth. Again, congratulations to Huth Pold Herefords and SNH Livestock Enterprises out of Oakfield. The first time that a Wisconsin operation has been recognized as a regional winner of the Environmental Stewardship Award Program through the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. You can find out more by going to beeftips.com on that operation. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Good fences make good neighbors. When your employees seem to be working too close for comfort, think of Office Furniture Warehouse of Madison. Office Furniture Warehouse carries a variety of modern ergonomically designed cubicle options with installation available. Impressive office furniture with warehouse pricing makes Office Furniture Warehouse America's go-to office furniture store. Visit OFWGo.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on Madison's north side. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of Lyuna Union Labor to work for you. When you join Lyuna, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with Lyuna because you're worth it. Learn more at lyunawisconsin.org slash join. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, speaking of covering, it sounds like there may be snow covering some of Wisconsin, rain covering the rest of us. Let's find out about the weather ahead. Stu our Ag Meteorologist, along with us. Yes, Dan uh, from Northeast Wisconsin texted me, called me this morning because we've got that talk text line and said that, uh, like that Green Bay area, Nine inches of snow. What in the world developed overnight? Well, the cold air kept in that part of the state. I mean, in the north, especially northeast, and it all turned to snow. I mean, I'm looking up toward uh, northern Wapaka County, Iola. They only had 1.1 inch of snow. Wow. But, you know, there was that line, and there, there was some pretty heavy rains further south. If that would have been snow further in the south, we probably would have had some larger amounts than that. I'm seeing Madison an inch and 56 one-hundredths of rain. The airport at La Crosse only saying 87 hundredths of an inch, and the airport in Fond du Lac an inch and 27 hundredths. I see Reedsburg and Sauk County an inch and 45 hundredths. Just a lot of rain fell across southern Wisconsin yesterday. At times, it mixed with a little freezing rain or sleet. Not enough to cause a major problem, but things were slippery, and that rain kind of froze on again in the night. My hound dog did a quick sidestep when he slipped on the ice in the deck first thing this morning. That's a good point that it's kind of icy out there, and we all should be on the lookout. But we get a bit of a quiet day today. The low that brought the precipitation is moving east and away from us. In fact, it's just away from the eastern part of the UP and up into southeast Canada. Some rain over in Pennsylvania and some snow in New York State. That activity pulls away. The next low is going to edge in from the west with some light snow this morning in South Dakota, back into northwest and central parts of Nebraska as well. Another quick low 
does move east through the Dakotas and slide on into Wisconsin tomorrow. I expect mostly we're going to talk about some rain and snow that develops overnight, may last into Wednesday for parts of central and eastern Wisconsin. Shouldn't amount to a great deal. Uh, rain, though, may add up a little bit. You know, we could talk about another quarter or half inch of rain in some areas. Not that much of a snow event, but the little system slides through. Temperatures trying their best to stay a little more mild, more like we'd expect for later in March. I guess that's good news with a mix of precipitation. And I expect then we dry it out just a little later Wednesday to Thursday. Another low coming up out of the south in the mid-Mississippi Valley is one to watch. I expect Illinois, maybe southeast Wisconsin, could be in for some measurable rain and snow as we look on toward the end of the week as well. We'll keep an eye on that one, let you know if it's going to come further north. We could probably do without. It could stay a bit further south. Probably wouldn't make us feel bad. I'll have those forecast details right after Will this. Will Derry get at the seat of the table when the Congress writes the next farm bill? Rick Adamski, Government Relations Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, weighs in on that on our Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute. It'll be interesting to see. sure hope that Wisconsin has the seat it on one of the ag committees. The reorganization in the House, there might be an opportunity for one of our House members to be on that ag committee. Dairy will be a critical key component, whoever that is. Uh, certainly any Wisconsin delegate knows that dairy is first and foremost in Wisconsin agriculture. Definitely something that we'll be watching and monitoring. Uh, when we were, WFU members were for the fly-in in September. We know that those ag committees are foundational in building the framework for the Farm Bill, which is starting right now. Rick Adamski, Director of Government Relations with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, on our Farmers Union Minute. All righty, Stu, let's have some more details on the forecast. Well, we get a break today. Some breaks in the clouds. Uh, clouds redevelop, though, later on. Don't be too surprised. Or you may be cloudy right now. It'll break up for a while. And I'd expect temperatures pretty mild, upper 30s or low 40s. Warmest in the south, the northwest winds 5 to 10 become a bit more southeast here later in the day. Look for that low to edge in out of the west. We'll see that snow from the Dakotas push into Minnesota today. For us, I expect later tonight, rain or snow, a mix of some of the activity around. Temperatures uh, more leading to some snow in central Wisconsin, rain further south. Temps overnight drop back to near freezing, maybe a little below in the north, a little above in the south. East winds about 5 to 15, maybe a little light snow or rain early tomorrow. Less than a half inch of snow accumulates. Rain amounts low could push in the quarter to half inch range. Mostly cloudy Wednesday as precipitation ends. Low 40s with the southeast winds 5 to 10 becoming west late. Thursday still mostly cloudy. Mid 30s and northeast winds at 5 to 10. Thursday night or Friday, Pam, southern Wisconsin, especially southeast could be in line again for some more wintry weather. Oh, my goodness. And are we thinking this is going to be uh, more heavy wintry weather, or what does it look like right now? Uh, right now, that northern Illinois, southeast Wisconsin, it looks like uh, rainfall amounts could be up to an inch, and that could be some five, eight-inch amounts of snow if it turns that way. Yeah, because they are talking about flooding already this morning in West Dallas, so you know we're, we're already at threshold in some areas. Oh, yeah. We don't need that kind of moisture right now. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll catch up with you tomorrow and see what you bring to us. All right.
All right. See you then. All right. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, joining us this morning with your weather details. And like I said, you can always feel free to use that talk text line that we've got, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. In fact, starting tomorrow, we are going to be launching our campaign along with the National Weather Service asking for rural rainfall reporters. I think it might shock you to know how few weather reporting stations our Wisconsin meteorologists have in the state. That means that when they go to forecast, they have no ground truth, they call it, uh, which is basically sites that will verify what's going on, especially as far as rainfall. Think about becoming a rainfall reporter. Go to wisconsinweatherwatchers.org and you can get started today. WisconsinWeatherWatchers.org. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Young Farmer and Agriculturist Program with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau means for young farmers, it's a group of people that are like-minded who work together for the common good in agriculture. Some examples would be being on the state YFA committee or egg in the classroom or anything else that you would like to participate in. WFBF.com. You should join us. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. I grew up around animals. When I went to help a neighbor milking cows, it's when I realized there was a whole other aspect of being a veterinarian. And the dairy cows, I just kind of fell in love with them as an animal, the neatest animal on earth, so to speak. I really want them to be the best functioning animal that they can be. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Oconomowoc. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter, fixed, getter, done. To get you going, guys. 
Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. We're going where I've never gone before, Agricultural Wonders of Iceland. I'm Pam Yonke, inviting you to join us on our next agriculture adventure, March 11th through the 17th. Discover Iceland's best-known national treasures and indulge in its agricultural delights. We'll tour the Golden Circle Pack Geothermal Wonders and Majestic Waterfalls. We'll make a stop at the world-famous Blue Lagoon for a relaxing day at this natural spa. Part of our agricultural highlights include a stop at a historic sheep farm to enjoy a scrumptious lunch from ingredients produced right there on the farm in the surrounding areas. And of course, at night, we'll search the night sky for the breathtaking Aurora Borealis. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword PAM, to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show. Or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. That's 888 888- Five five seven ten twenty for that brochure. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Yeah, a normal baseball game is like three hours and five minutes. New pitch clock era, two hours and 21 minutes. You don't like the, uh, the pitch yeah, clock. Yeah, and then a lot of the games over the weekend, they were pretty much ranging from about two hours and 15 minutes to about two hours and 45 minutes, kind of in that two and a half hour uh, time frame. I cut back like 30 to 40 minutes. Now, I'm not a big fan of it. There's a few reasons why, but all of a sudden you're getting additional balls or strikes where – if the batter is not in and ready to go in this time frame, it's an automatic strike. strike. If the pitcher doesn't throw it in the time frame, it's an automatic ball. No, you have to be in your delivery. The ball doesn't have to be out of your hand, but you have to be in your delivery as the clock hits zero. Now, there were a few big to-dos with this new rule here already in the first few days of spring training because there was one where bases were loaded, 3-2 count, and the pitcher didn't get the pitch off in time, turns out to be an automatic walk, there's a run. Now, it doesn't matter in spring training, but that's something that we could see. Or the flip side from that, you could say, okay, bases are loaded, 3-2 count, batter's not in the box, automatic strike three. Which both happened over the weekend. Now, the reason that really, the one thing that really bugged me, it, it just doesn't seem like baseball. Getting a free ball or a free strike. There's a quickness to it, obviously. The one thing that bugged me was there was a pitcher who they threw him a baseball, right? And he grabbed it. And you know how they like to rub it down? Because those balls are pretty slick when they're brand new. Yeah. And even for safety purposes, if you got a guy throwing 98 and it's slick. You don't want that in your head. Yeah, you don't want that in your brain. Mm-mm. He rubs it down a little bit, but he's not, he's got the timer. 
they didn't reset the clock. Oh, really? And he asked for a new ball. And also, so the, ticking. So the clock was still ticking, and the umpire throws him a new ball, and he grabs it, and then he starts to rub that one down. And, and it's not like this is taking two minutes. It was, no. hey, they threw him the ball. He didn't like it. He rubbed it down a little bit. He threw it out. They asked for another one. They threw him it, but the clock never reset. It's still ticking. So it was still ticking, and then he rubs it down, gets on the mound. He's getting pretty close to throwing it, and then it goes off. Ump comes from behind home plate, stops it, goes, nope, that's a ball. Well, I, I don't like it. All right, so here's some, it just doesn't feel like baseball. Here's some numbers for you. Uh, the average time of the first 35 spring training games was two hours and 38 minutes. That's 23 minutes faster than last year's average springtime, uh, spring training game, excuse me, and 25 minutes faster than last year's average regular season nine-inning game. And my thing with, like, trying to – Baseball is trying to bring in more casual fans, which I get it. If you want to continue to grow the sport, you got to have more casual fans because not everyone can be a a diehard. But at the same time, I feel like you're losing a little bit. Like it just feels like it's sped up. And when baseball began a couple years after the Civil War. Yeah, less than a decade after the Civil War. I mean, they've changed the game that started a decade after the Civil War. (laughs) Maybe it's time for some updates then. I, I, it just feels like you're trying to speed up your product. Like, well, that's ever, exactly what they're trying to do. Have you, have you ever, have you ever thought to yourself, man, this Badger game's too long or this Packer game is too long? I've thought that sometimes in Badger games where it's a close game and they have all their timeouts and there's 30 seconds left. I was like, my God. I meant like football. Over. No. And those are all three to three and a half hours long. Yeah. It's because you like the sport. Yeah. I feel like you can only do so much to keep, kinda... to keep the casual fan. And one way would be, I don't know, maybe actually put your superstars out there. Because, again, Mike Trout could walk down State Street and hardly anyone would recognize him. No, He's yeah. the best baseball player in this era. Mm-hmm. That's more on their marketing. Like I... They have to do a better job. The game hasn't changed. So they're trying to get more excitement into it by more, a- like action, more action faster, is I think what they're trying to do. Now... I actually don't think once they, you know, we have a month and a half to get this down. I don't think other than speed up the game that this pitch clock, once they get it all figured out, is going to have a huge deal. I don't think you're going to see a ton of guys see shorter games getting out of the box or they'll probably fix or at least reset the clock here brand, yeah, when a guy new gets a new them. ball. Yeah. Now, I will say this. There is a part of me that, you know, back in the day when you had like the Ryan Bronze of the world that would step oh out of the box God. three, glove, you know, three times, four times in a bat. Yeah. Dude, the Velcro is fine on your glove, man. Make sure the straps are right. Yeah. The your, your jock hasn't right. moved. That was kind of annoying. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know what's really sweet is recognizing all of the farm families across the state of Wisconsin that have stuck together and held on to their farms, their homesteads for more than 100 years. That's exactly what's happening during the Wisconsin State Fair again this year, recognizing our century and sesquicentennial farms. Tomorrow is the application deadline for submissions. Talking more about that in just a moment with Joe Albanese from the Wisconsin State Fair. Glad you're with us, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Looks like sunshine is going to be with us for the most part today, at least during the morning hours. Daytime highs today are expected to pop up around 44 degrees. Tonight, down to 33. 
43 with possibility of some precipitation. Tomorrow, some clouds and maybe some rain showers in the morning. 48 are expected high. So today is the 28th day of February. Getting ready to say goodbye to this month. On this day back in 1935, nylon is invented. It was produced at the DuPont Experimental Station in Wilmington, Delaware. And it looked a lot different back in 1935 than it does in so many iterations today. But nylon invented in this date back in 1935. On this day in 1986, the Swedish Prime Minister, Olaf Palme, was assassinated. 130 people confessed to the murder. But yet the case has never been solved. That assassination happened on this day in 1986. On this day in 2013, Pope Benedict XVI resigned. His real name, Joseph Ratzenberger, he was actually the first leader of the Catholic Church to resign since 1415. And of course, Pope Benedict just passed away not too long ago. He was 95 years young when that happened. Speaking of birthdays, Happy birthday to MASH. It was in 1983, the final episode of MASH, a two-hour special, aired. 125 million people watched. Were you one of them on this day back in 1983? And happy birthday to actress Bernadette Peters. She is 75 years young. And now you know. Uh, Age is just a number, right? It's not a big deal. Unless you're celebrating it as a family and your farm and homestead is still together under that family name. That's exactly what we're talking about during this year's Wisconsin State Fair when we recognize Century and Sesquicentennial Farms and Homes. The application deadline's tomorrow. Charity Seebecker joins us now with a chat with Jill Albanese from the Wisconsin State Fair who oversees that event. We might only be in the first few months of 2023, but let's go ahead and talk about those warm summer days and the Wisconsin State Fair. Officials at the fair are pleased to announce that the applications are available for Century and Sesquicentennial Farm Awards. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Jill Albanese with the Wisconsin State Fair Park is joining me. The Century and Sesquicentennial Farm applications are out there, and their deadline is coming up pretty fast, right? Yes, the deadline is March 1st, so if you haven't got your application yet, we I know you have it on your website. You can always give us a call, and we can work through anything you have. You waited 100 years or 150 years, so if it takes you an extra few days to get the application in, we are so understanding. So how does it work? What all do these people need to know? What are the qualifications to even get one of these awards? Okay, super easy and pretty pretty straightforward. What you're going to want to do is show the continuous ownership of your farm family, your farm. Um, so it's got to stay in the family for 100 years or 150. And then when you fill the application out, you start with who owned it first and then the relationship to the next owner and then the month, day, and year for that one and then the month, day, and year each time it transfers family members. Do you have to be exactly at 100 or 150 years, or let's say I'm at 104 or 113? Can I still apply? Yes. If you've never gotten the award, you can only get the 100-year award once, and you can get the 150-year award once. But it's not uncommon for some people to get both 100 and 150 in the same year. We're just really, we want to recognize anyone who's had a farm, and this also works if you've had your home for 100 or 150 years. 
I know last year I was able to help be there for this and interview some of these farmers and get to see just that joy and that passion and pride on their faces as they're up there accepting those awards. And you see the camaraderie throughout Wisconsin's farmers at this event. Do you feel that every year or some years just so exceptional? No, every year it's so exciting because every year it's a new set of farm families being recognized and every farm family's important. Some are farmers in the area of dairy, some are cranberry, some are um, crops, and it's always really interesting to get such a diverse group of um, agriculture superstars in one area. I keep thinking 150 years is such a long time, and that's like right after the Civil War, so it's kind of crazy to think about that that farm or that homestead has been in a family for that long. Does that seem just normal to you, I guess, now since you've been doing this for so long, or does that still amaze you like it does me? Well, yeah, we're excited about it. Actually, our number of 150-year farms seems to grow almost every single year. So we started the 150-year program in 1998, the year the state celebrated its sesquicentennial. And so that year we had many, but normally we were around 25 farms, and last year we were around 36, I think. So, I mean, there's a lot of farms that get honored at this breakfast. We usually have around 600 people for our breakfast. Wow. So it's not just the farmers being recognized, but their loved ones get to help celebrate in that passion as well, correct? Yes. So what we do is um, for each farm that gets recognized, four can come to the breakfast. And then that's we've got a great sit-down meal. We've got speakers. And we have just a great time to recognize the farms. And then afterwards, we do the family photos. And that's where you can have more than four people. And last year, we had some that brought 30 people for the farm, their family photos. And then that's what we give to the farmers after the event. We'll mail their family photos to them for their keepsakes. Why do you think people should apply for the Century and Sesquicentennial Award? It's a great way to recognize your family's heritage for the last 100 or 150 years. It's um, Plus, you're going get, to get to see the Wisconsin State Fair. We'll send you four complimentary tickets to the Wisconsin State Fair. You'll also get your um, outdoor sign. You'll get a paper certificate. It'll be a program. It's a, just a great recognition, and it's a group we want you to be part of. What are some of your favorite stories you've heard over the years from these farms? We've had two people that have been uh, over 100 years. So that's really neat when they can make it to the fair. And last year, we had just an adorable lady from the, she was um, from Dane County, I believe. And she came and she was just most gracious and so happy to be there. And it's just everyone's face when they get there and they're so proud of their accomplishment. And we're just glad that we can share it with them at the Wisconsin State Fair. If you have a farm with 100 or 150 years, make sure you apply. Yes. And our phone number is 414. 414- Seven 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 zero five eight zero. Once again, that's four one four seven 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 zero five eight zero. We'll give you a call back, and we'll get an application out to you, and we'll work with that deadline for you. That was Jill Albanese with the Wisconsin State Fair Park. To get an application and apply, go to midwestfarmreport.com or call Jill at four one four seven 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 zero five eight zero. And remember. The deadline is March 1st, but Jill and the team are willing to work with you a few extra days. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Thanks, Charity. So if you're still finalizing that application, try to get that taken care of before the end of the week. And like Jill said, if you need help, reach out to your county extension agent or feel free to check in with the 
clerk of deeds at your local county level, and they should be able to assist as well. Markets and overnight electronic trade this morning might need a little assistance as well. We're mixed so far going into a Tuesday. December corn's unchanged at 576. November beans down two right now at 1370. July wheat up four, 722 a bushel. March milk is up 14 cents at 1786. The April contract is up six at 1766. Yesterday, barrel cheese gained a nickel at 159. 40-pound black cheese, that was up three at 191. And double-A butter, two cents stronger, 245 a pound. Coming up next, boy, it's something you probably never imagined you'd have to deal with in production agriculture, cyber security. And what is at risk if you don't take that seriously? Stephanie Hoff, talking with a person from the FBI where their sole responsibility is just trying to protect agriculture from Internet thieves. Stand by. That information and more coming up next on a Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Your construction project doesn't need to be any harder than it has to be. Sunbelt Rentals in Sun Prairie has all the equipment you'll ever need to meet your contract deadlines. Forklifts, earth-moving equipment, generators, pumps, air compressors, concrete equipment, and everything else to make the job run smooth. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Rent the equipment you need. Visit sunbeltrentals.com. Now hiring drivers, competitive hourly rates, and overtime. sunbeltrentals.com. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweet Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweet Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Here, money grows in rows. This is the Midwest Farm Report. It's a startling statistic that if cybercrime was its own country, it would have the third largest economy after the U.S. and China. That's how lucrative it is. And that's why agriculture is the second largest target, because farming and food is critical infrastructure, and cybercriminals know that there will be a payout to restore those agribusinesses. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and this is the word from Special Agent Byron Franz with the Milwaukee Division of the FBI. He starts with why farms are at risk. Well, agriculture, obviously, is a very 
critical sector to the U.S. economy, if not the world. Food and agriculture, people eating is critical to everybody. And I can tell you that cyber threat actors are increasingly targeting food and agriculture businesses in the United States because they know that the likelihood of the payout is greater because it's so critical. It's a critical infrastructure. And and it's gotten worse because the attack surface continues to grow with the use on farms and so on of Internet of Things devices, IoT devices in all segments of their work, you know, to remotely operate machinery and record things and all the software that goes into compiling things can be under an attack. And and saying that, all segments of the food and agriculture sector, all the way from farm to the table, are actually targeted by cyber attacks, you know, with the likelihood being some sectors more than others. I know we're more far talking about farmers, but the example is credential stuffing, which is where they maybe have compromised one of your accounts and try to reuse it to get in another one and fire it off in rapid succession. It's more likely to hit the retail part of the food and agriculture. But something we can talk about called a business email compromise would be more likely impacting a large food manufacturer than a small farmer. But ransomware, ransomware is a deadly threat against everybody, including the small farmer. And even if we just look at headlines over the past few years, ransomware attacks on commodity trading firms, meat packers, and grain cooperatives. So any size and any commodity can be attacked, it sounds like. Yes. And and I can say I, I don't want to divorce the fact that even though we're talking about cyber, we have to understand that also farming is a business. And the the commodity of trade secrets or intellectual property or business information, which is the lifeblood of the farming sector and the industrial sector, is also under attack by cyber means or by physical means. And that, I mean, that agriculture has not been immune of people trying to steal secrets from farming and seeding and so on. And as an example, I'll give you that there's several instances where uh, individuals have been caught. Now, I'll give you an example. Like in 2011, um, a guy named Mo Hailong, who was working for a Chinese tech group, was spotted crawling through Iowa cornrows twice and pocketing Pioneer and Monsanto seed corn. Through an investigation, he was subsequently charged and convicted of, I believe it was conspiracy to steal trade secrets. Even more recently, a guy named Zhang Haitao in like 2022 was convicted of conspiracy to commit economic espionage um, by basically trying to steal from Monsanto an online farming platform that analyzed field data for nutrients. And he had to be stopped at the airport and um, was ultimately charged with trying to steal those secrets. So you see agricultural producers, the seed manufacturers and so on with their software and their seed products being targeted. And the United States may actually hemorrhage upwards of $600 billion in trade secret information to other countries that we compete with. These are just what maybe we've seen in the news, but I'm sure agriculture is being targeted all the time. What's the relationship between the FBI's work and tackling these threats? We have our state and local partners in law enforcement. Here in Wisconsin, the state has a really great presence 
with the DCI, which is the state's version of the FBI. They're a great resource from the state government. The FBI actually um, is involved with investigating all kinds of cyber threats. And individuals can go online and fill out an online complaint form with our www.ic3.gov portal. And I can tell you since COVID hit that complaints on that portal went up over 300% because basically people started remoting. And by using remote platforms, you increase the attack surface where you can be attacked. So, and, and, and why is that? Well, one private firm actually said that if measured as the size of an economy, then cyber, cyber theft, cyber attacks would be the third largest economy after the U.S., in China. So the FBI has a very big part to play, but there's other actors out there like the Department of Homeland Security has the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency called CISA, C-I-S-A. They have a bunch of free stuff on their website which people can access, which would give them great advice on how to protect the small, mid-sized, and large farmers' businesses. But when it comes down to actually investigating these people, that's the FBI's province and our state and local partners. Here in Wisconsin and throughout the Midwest, we have great relationships with the food and agriculture sector, and um, we have the we have cyber labs, cyber investigators, and we routine, routinely get complaints and act upon them. Um, we have to like address them within a few days. So we're on the time timer starts up moment one of those complaints gets done in. So the FBI has a part to play, but people have to make that call. And what I can say is that um, you may not want to suffer in silence because these kinds of people they're just not going to stop unless somebody makes them stop. I mean they're not going to be glutted with money, which is the primary motivation of cyber attacks. The question is, you may be a good custodian of your house, your business, good parent to your, your farm or whatever, but are you a good neighbor? And I would argue that a, a good neighbor would say, hey, I got hurt, and I don't want the people around me to be hurt as well. So we need those facts, those IP addresses, the data from the attack that have impacted you so we can go after these people with legal process and our investigative techniques to stop them in their tracks. And as he pointed out, there's a lot of online resources for how you can best protect your farm. And you wouldn't believe it, but the most important thing you can do is have a strong password, whether that's for your email or another piece of software that you use. Special Agent Byron Franz along with us with the Milwaukee Division of the FBI. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest 